I ended up going to the hospital again a couple of days later at uh, Wake Forest Baptist Hospital. And uh, that's where that's where I heard over the doctor say, okay, he was, you know, he's, he's dealing with a case of schizophrenia and psychosis. You know, and that's when I realized what I was going through. Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm so privileged and excited because I know a little bit about your story, but we've never actually met. I've got Wesley Alston with me all the way from North Carolina here to talk a little bit about his story. Welcome to the show, Wesley. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So um, did your brother kind of twist your arm a bit and force you to come on? <laughs> oh, no. he. Uh, I think he had mentioned the podcast. He, he had mentioned your, your podcast to me before. And, uh, you know, he always, he always talked about, you know, maybe I'd like to talk to you about, you know, maybe some other projects he talked about doing. So, yeah, he, you know, he, he always mentioned it. And uh, I just... Now, once you mentioned this, I was like, "Yeah, let's. I'll give it. A, let's like, let's do it." Let's I was, do I, it. I was ready, to, ready to do it. So let's dive in, right? Um, and so your brother, of course, is Johnny Austin, who we've had on the podcast as well. He's talked a little bit about the physical kind of health aspects that can connect to our mental health. Um, and I, I just know so much of your story just based on his mental health advocacy, I, I guess. So um, give us a little insight into who you are at the moment. Like, what are the, ty- what are the things that you're involved in? What are you passionate about? So right now, um, actually, I, I, to give you a little bit of an even more recent update, um, I was working at a, uh, a work shoe store. You know, we sold like steel toe shoes, you know, stuff like that. Because of the pandemic recently, I was, uh, I was actually let go from them. Uh, I was actually laid off. Uh, so during that time, I took a little bit of time to just during the time after I was laid off, I took a little bit of time to kind of think about what I wanted to do moving forward. And uh, they actually called me back a couple of times, actually, and asked me, did I want to come back to work once everything, you know, got back kind of close to normal. You know, over the time I was thinking about it, I was just like, you know, I'm in school and I think I could finish a lot faster if I just go full time school. So, you know, and I kind of want to, you know, I was working there and I was enjoying it, but I kind of, you know, I had other things I wanted to do past that job in the future. So actually, over time, I just decided, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go back. And uh, I think I'm going to do full-time school and just pursue, pursue this degree in design that I'm uh, pursuing right now in school. So, so yeah, currently, I'm just um, an aspiring designer, you know, kind of freelancing and, uh, you know, just in school, you know. And, you know, besides that, you know, just spend a lot of time with my family and, uh you know, just, you know, just working on getting better at my mental health each and every day. Yeah, you know, yeah. And just living life like that. So I love it. So uh, you sort of, a great example of looking for the opportunity within sort of letting go, let go or um, COVID-19, the different things that are happening to think, well, how do I use this information to see if I pivot myself into what I really want to do, uh, which sounds great. And of course, managing mental health in isolation or when we're seeing our families, arguably way too much, 
can be a challenge, right? Do you find that the, the, the pandemic has affected your mental health in any way? You know what? I want to say, I want to say yes. Um, but in a, in a way, in a, in a way, it's kind of like every, some days there's like, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just kind of like, you know, I kind of got to get out of this house. I got to do something that, you know, free my mind a little bit, just see something different other than these, you know, these walls inside the house. But, you know, uh, really, in a way, I feel like it's affected me, like, a lot more positively. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, I kind of, I, I feel like I have more time to exercise here and there. Um, so I'm exercising a little more. I've actually, you know, started making a little bit more efforts to uh, eat healthier, not eat, eat as much fast food, you know, stuff like that. Um, and in a way, it's just the strangest thing. Sometimes I feel myself, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm not working anymore or anything, but it's, I feel I feel myself kind of just thinking differently, you know, um, you know, I was, I was kind of putting up some clean clothes the other day and I just, I just kind of could feel it. I was like, something just feels different about my thought process. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm a little more at ease about things. You know, it's kind of like a positive effect in a way, you know, for me personally. Yeah. yeah that's, that's really interesting. And in a way, some pressure has been taken off in a way and allowing you to just reflect on the moment in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So tell us a bit about your story. So I know you've got a, a mental health diagnosis, um, but what was it like maybe growing up as a kid? Did you feel like you, you fit into the education system and the normal stuff that people do? Or was there always a part of you that was like, oh, something's going on? Uh, no, really. I, I mean, yeah, when I was growing up, I felt like, you know, I felt like I fit pretty, pretty well into just like, you know, the norm of, you know, basic, you know, uh, education, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, I was pretty, I was pretty outgoing, a little bit, you know, a little more outgoing socially, you know, things like that, things like that, you know, I wouldn't say I had a lot of friends, but, you know, I, you know, I had a, a good number of close friends and, you know, I just, you know, I just knew a lot of people at school and yeah, everything felt pretty normal, you know, school-wise yeah, and, you know, so, you know, I just felt like I was, you know, not, there was not, never really a time where I was like, you know, something different seems to be going on with me than other people. You know, every, everything was pretty much a pretty solid, smooth baseline, you know, for me. I feel like it was, uh, I could, it was a parallel to everybody else, you know. Okay. And so then how did things develop for you? And when did you find out that maybe uh, something was going on with your mental health? Yeah, yeah. So I always tell people, and I'll never forget, I was, uh, I was in college. I was about 20 years old. And, uh, you know, one night I was sleep. I was kind of trying to sleep in my room. And it was, it was the weirdest thing, like, this, like, I had so, previously to this, I had had some symptoms, you know, I kind of felt like, I kind of felt like I was, I was hearing my roommate talk to me in my head. And I told one of my friends on campus about it. And my, one of my friends was like, really, you know, he's like real religious, you know, kind of in the church and everything. You know, he was just like, well, you know, he was like, well, would you like to come with me to this, uh, to the service we're having today, you know? So I went, you know, had a good time at the service and everything. So I come back home, well, I come back to my dorm and, uh, you know, I'm trying to sleep in my room that night. You know, I'm getting these, uh, you know, I'm getting these images in my head, like these real negative images. Um, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if I should get too graphic about it and everything. You can get as graphic as you're comfortable with on this show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so actually I see the word, I see the word devil, like in my, in my mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like, I'm just like, where's that coming from? And I feel like these like really strong, like bad, it's really strong, bad energy just overcoming like my body and like my head and my mind. I was like, what is going on? So, uh, so really that night was kind of the moment when I felt something weird. And from then on, 
I just, uh, you know, I woke up. I couldn't sleep. I woke up, and I kind of felt my roommate talking to me again. And I felt another one of my roommates kind of uh, talking, trying, trying to talk me through everything and trying to, uh, you know, just calm everything down for me. Uh, it was just, I don't know, it was just kind of weird. But I, so kind of, it was all going on in your head, though, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's like, and it's, it's, it felt so real. It felt like they were actually talking to me, but they weren't, they weren't there in person. But I felt like they were actually, you know, speaking to me at the time, like, right there next to me. So I would talk back, you know, stuff like that. But like just in my mind, you know. Did um, you feel did you feel nervous or scared or was or or um, worried or was it just like, hey, let me just deal with whatever this conversation is? I was terrified. I, I mean, okay. you know, it felt it felt kind of comfortable because I, you know, I was like, I was like, is this something that everybody's going through? I was like, is this is this something that that you know people are just dealing with at a certain point in their life? But at the same time, I was like, you know, this, you know, I didn't know what schizophrenia was at the time, and I was just like this. But I was like, you know, this just, you know, this doesn't feel, this isn't something I've ever dealt with before. You know, I've never had this happen. So like, what, what's going on? Yeah, of course. That would just be so new and, and worrying. So where did that lead to? Um, so that, so, you know, I kept, I kept hearing my roommates talk to me and then I go around campus, go to class, I was still go to class and all this stuff. I was even talking to counselors on campus and everything, but I was still kind of, I was still kind of uh, be hearing, you know, I was just be hearing stuff here and there and, Everybody would kind of be telling me how to play this game, which was called, uh, the game was called, you know, Get It Right. And the whole time it was just kind of like this thing, like whatever you do, you know, make sure it's, I feel like nowadays it feels like the game is like, you know, make sure everything is politically correct or make sure everything is like, get it right. You know, you know, don't, you know, do your best not to make any mistakes, you know, or something bad is going to happen, you know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, at the time it was just all about this get it right type of concept. You know, I was just like, you know, what is that? So. Does that mean that you um, you said you were speaking to counselors? Were you letting them know about the the voices, or were you trying to pretend like you were getting it right and like everything was cool on the outside? Yeah, yeah. So I would, I would, I remember, I remember talking to the counselors, and uh, you know, I would mention some of the things that that the that the voices were saying to me, and. I can't remember exactly what they said in response, but I feel like they were, you know, I feel like they were like, you know, everything's going to be all right. You know, if you just, if you need any more help, just come back and talk to us. Uh, but I don't know. I felt like, you know, I, I didn't really, I don't know if I ever really mentioned the get it right part to them, but you know, I, I feel like they just, they were just kind of like, well, you're, you're okay. You know, just, you know, just, you know, they didn't really mention anything about well, you might have a mental illness or something like that. You know, and not and not you know not to disrespect them on their part or anything, but you know, I kind of feel like you know, they, they just kind of I guess maybe they felt like they sensed it wasn't you know as intense, you know, you know they, yeah. they just kind of yeah they just kind of I wouldn't say they brushed it off, but they just they didn't really say that I needed any medication. They didn't really say that I needed any medication or anything like that. So yeah, you know. and I guess they maybe didn't see the full picture of what was going on on the inside, right? And so. Right. When did you find out, or or who helped you find out that you did have a diagnosis of some kind? How bad did it get for you before you figured it out? Yeah, so I think there was a, there was a time like during that during that semester, I started. Um, you know, my parents told me I was coming home a lot. You know, I spent a lot of time at home, just you know, kind of isolated from a lot of people, which at the time I wasn't really aware of. You know, the fact that I might be coming home a little more frequently than normal. You know, I was, uh, you know, I think they said something was kind of happening. And so then, you know, my brother, he, uh, you know, he, I think he did a lot of research online. He found a lot of stuff. He, a lot of the symptoms I was having, 
he linked it to, you know, the schizophrenia situation, you know, the, you know, the diagnosis of schizophrenia. And my mom uh, decided, okay, we, I guess we gotta, you know, get him to the hospital, you know, to see what's exactly going on. And so, yeah, then basically from there, uh, you know, I went to the hospital. I went to a hospital here in Greensboro called uh, Wesley Loan. And, uh, and there, you know, I, had, I, I was there. And I still didn't feel like anything was wrong. I was, I was like, I could probably be out of here in a couple of days, you know. But I since being in the hospital, I was, I was like, okay, maybe they just need to check something real quick. And I was there for a whole week, but they didn't even really, they didn't, they gave me, they gave me some medications and everything, but they didn't really diagnose me with anything there. Um, but I ended up going to the hospital again a couple of days later at uh, Wake Forest Baptist Hospital. And uh, that's where that's where I heard overheard a doctor say, okay, he was, you know, he's, he's dealing with a case of schizophrenia and psychosis, you know, and that's when I realized what I was going through. So. I guess it got pretty serious, just your, your symptoms and, and the experience for them to keep you in hospital that long and, and eventually for you to get that diagnosis? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I was, you know, I was still having the, the, I was still having the images in my head. You know, and a lot, a lot, a lot of negativity, a lot of stuff, a lot of negative stuff. I was hearing. Uh, I started hearing my friends that I grew up with. You know, and all that are that are in Greensboro, like in my neighborhood. I started hearing them kind of, you know, talk to me, and some of the stuff just was like, you know, negative stuff. You know, and, and the whole time, you know, my parents and you know my brother, and my sister, they would tell me, "Well, it's not real. Just don't pay attention to it." But it felt so real, you know. And I just, I feel like when I was, when, you know, it felt like they were, it felt like I was just, they were right there. And, uh, and it just, yeah, it got, you know, I guess the way I was acting around my family, they could just tell something different was going on. And that's when we decided to seek help. You know? Yeah. And was it affecting your, your studies? Like, did you have to drop out or anything? Or were you able to somehow manage both situations? Yeah, I, uh, so I finished the semester that year at school, but it, it didn't go ha halfway as good as my first two years it went. So, so yeah, I, I left school. So I finished school that semester, but then I came home, and uh, yeah, I was basically out of school for I was I was out of school for about maybe two or three years after that. You know, just or well, it's a long story. I went back to school after that for a little bit, but after that, I just I basically had to stay out of school for a while. You know, and just kind of regain composure and everything. Of course, of course. And what was it like just getting that diagnosis? Because there's lots of like media stuff or stigma around those sorts of words, psychosis, schizophrenia, that can be pretty scary or that um, you can sort of see in other people's eyes that they're scared on your behalf or they don't, you know, people don't really understand what it's like. Do you remember like once you had that diagnosis, for some people it's almost a relief because they're like, oh, at least I know what I'm dealing with. Or for some people, it's pretty terrifying. Like, what was your experience once you got that diagnosis? Yeah, I would definitely say it was it was more like a relief. You know, I was, was kind of like, yeah, yeah, because you know, by then, you know, by then, and I felt, I felt like hearing the voices and everything was different. But by the time I realized, okay, you know, I hate I kind of hate to use labels on a lot of stuff, but by the time I heard by the time I heard the diagnosis and understood what I was going through. I was like, okay, well, you know, well, people are familiar with this. You know, there's people out there that know things about this, and uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, that, that that's hope that that's that's that gives me hope that maybe there is, you know, help out there that can kind of, you know, 
get this under control. You know? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so you felt that relief of like, oh God, at least I've got some backup now and we know what we're dealing with in a way. And so then what was the process of finding you treatment? Because um, in my experience, many people, it, it can be a bit of a roller coaster, can't it? To find the right combination of either therapies or, or medication or whatever it might be that, that work for you. It sounds like those couple of years after you found out um, were pretty, uh, you had to drop out of school some of it and you just had to find your balance. What was that journey like just those first months and years? Yeah, so so I guess after I left the hospital the second time after the diagnosis and everything, I believe I came home and uh, I forget how long it took, but uh, I think eventually, you know, eventually we we seek the we seek the psychiatrist, um, and you know his name was Doctor Plopsky, and uh, he's you know I'm still with him now. He's he's been amazing. Like he's been there ever since. You know, most of this has been happening. You know, first we tried a couple of different medications and. You know, we switched around a couple of different things, and he, you know, he just said, and it was just like he was like, eventually, we'll, he was basically just telling me, eventually, he will find something. You know, he, you know, you know, and, and all, all of the time when we were finding these different medications, you know, my mom just was just saying, you know, well, just be be patient. You know, it takes time. You know, it takes time for this stuff to kind of take effect anyway. Uh, so went through a lot of different combinations of medications and stuff, and then finally, you know, we put we he, he put me on. Um, was it? And right now I'm on Abilify and uh, sorry, I forget the other one. That's all right. Uh, that's all right. But you found the the right combination that works for yeah. you. But you're saying it yeah. took a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took it took a little bit. It took about a year to kind of find one that really hit. But uh, once we found the right man, there were two other medications. Um, and once once we once we got once we got the right combination, you know, even that took about you know maybe two or three months to kind of really kick in. And, uh, you know, and what, but once we did that, you know, everything started to calm down. I stopped having these really high anxiety nights, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, and everything just kind of, everything just hit a smooth, you know, smooth sail from there. And, um, and from okay. there, you know, yeah, everything's just kind of been, you know, steady from there on. So, so I mean, would you find in those years or even before you got diagnosed, did you experience like people, um, discriminating against you or, or sort of stigmatizing some of the symptoms or the experience that you were, you were having? Uh, in a way, yeah. I feel like without actually telling me, a lot of people that knew me could sense that something strange was going on. And, you know, and I might have been acting kind of weird in response, you know, yeah, sure. and it kind of, yeah, of might have caused them to kind of either drift away. You know, nobody in my face was like, there's something no. wrong with you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. But you know, they, you know, I, I can kind of sense people in my in my life just kind of drifting outward, you know, drifting away, and uh, you know, it, it kind of seemed like because something was strange was going on, you know, they kind of just wanted to, you know, create distance, you know, at the at the time, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah, and that can almost be more painful because it can be people that you were close with. And you sort of become more um, isolated or, or lonely because of the experience. And people maybe aren't as comfortable being direct and asking like, hey, what's going on for you? Or what, what are you worried about? Or how's your mental health? Just like real kind of uh, normalized conversations around that stuff. So which can really leave somebody feeling um, in a pretty, pretty tricky situation. So once you got the concoction of medication right, and I, did you do therapy as well? You said you talked to your psychiatrist. Was that part of it, the, the sort of healing process for you? 
Yeah, yeah. So we would, you know, we'd go in first. A lot of times we'd go in with my parents or, you know, my brother and my sister would go in with me. And uh, we talk with, we would talk with the psychiatrist, Dr. Plowski, uh, and we would, we would mention the medications and everything. But he would also, you know, ask me how I'd been feeling since I last saw him and, you know, had, any, had anything changed, you know, mentally or emotionally since the last time, you know, things like that. Um, so, yeah, we do. And even even nowadays when I see him, it's just a lot of one-on-one, you know, Nowadays it's real quick. They're real quick visits, and uh, and he just you know he just asks me kind of the same routine questions, which you know they're really helpful. It's not like he's just running going through the motions, you know. And he just kind of you know checks on me, you know. Aside from him, I used to see another guy at a place called Monarch, named Chester, and I don't see him. And I don't. I haven't gotten to see him as much anymore. It's just it's complicated setting up appointments there, but uh, you know he was really helpful. You know he was just very hands-on, very direct with me. You know, he kept it real. And, uh, you know, he really, he really, uh, you know, hit the nail on the head trying to, you know, just help me out. And as far as just, be, you know, feeling good about myself every day and, and practicing, you know, exercises and methods to just help me, you know, be in a better set, in a better state mentally each and every day. Because so. I imagine there were probably some pretty dark moments for you, just sort of rock bottom points where you were frustrated because you didn't know, what was going on or that you felt you'd consistently have to be in this cycle? Um, would you feel that you just had some emotional rock bottoms when, when you were uh, just trying to figure it all out? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I wouldn't say they got too dark. There were times, you know, there were times, at, 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 there were times when everything was really serious and, and the medicine wasn't really kicking in yet and all that stuff. Uh, I, you know, I'd be at home. And this would have this would happen maybe once or twice a week, you know. Sometimes even more. It had, it had happened back to back nights. Sometimes, you know, I'd be at home and, you know, something might just trigger something in my mind, right? And next thing I know, I'm hearing voice. I'm hearing stuff like all from every which way in my head, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling all this bad energy. You know, and it's just like it's stuff that you, you know, it's like it's so overwhelming you can't control it. You know, it's like you try to sit there and watch TV. You see things happening on the TV. Like, you see stuff moving around. You know, whatever you try to think or say to yourself to just calm it down, you know, it's kind of like it's being blocked by, you know, the, the things that you're hearing. And, you know, it's, it just got real intense, like, every night. Well, not every night, but just, you know, every couple nights I would, I would experience this stuff. And it was, I was just like, how is this happening? You know, like, and it's funny because this, this wasn't happening when I first started having the symptoms and everything. It was kind of like, once I came home and got a diagnosis, it's like after oh, after a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was weird. It was just like after a couple months of after a couple weeks, really, of being diagnosed, it was kind of like I was just having these like bad, these like bad, like horrific nights. It was it was crazy, you know. But it got under control eventually. Thank you know, thank God. But yeah, of yeah. course, of course. And then so talk us through like you're essentially living with this diagnosis, right? And you, people have certain choices when they, when they reach sort of rock bottom moments or, or challenges, right? And we've seen lots of people uh, on the podcast, they kind of come to a point where they got two choices. So one is completely give in, in a way, to, to the challenge or the feelings or sort of falling apart. Or some people have that kind of fight within them to find out what are they, what can they do? What personal responsibility can they uh, take to improve their own mental health. So yes, you may need the, the, the medication and the different things external to you, 
But I'm curious, what have you learned along your journey about things that you specifically need to do or, or your environment or, or the things that you have some control over in order to put yourself in the best state of mind possible? What have you learned there? Yeah, I'm just, you know, just knowing that I would like to continue to be here and that there are others around me that, you know, that love and care for me that would also like me to be here. Um, you know, that's, that's first and foremost, I would say that's number one. And just, you know, just feeling like you're here for a reason, you know. Uh, you know, those, those are basically the main things. But at the same time, uh, I feel like as far as, like, like you mentioned, the, the part about, you know, just having the fight within you, uh, I, I just always, and this kind of tags in along with the reason you're here. It's, it's like I always felt like, you know, well, you know, well, there's, you know, maybe this will get better one day and there's something on the other end of that. You know, there's something in my future, you know, that that, that I'm here for, you know, and I, I just want to, you know, I want to keep fighting to stay here. You know, I believe that that's always been there. So I just kind of want to, you know, you know I want to see what that is, you know, uh, or just see what's in store for me, you know, each, maybe in the future or, or, you know, just even, even just for today, you know, I just want to see what's in store for today. And, you know, just, you know, the fact that you have this gut feeling that, you know, that, that, you're just here for a reason and that there's something, you know, there's a reason all this is happening in, in, in the case that there's something, you know, in the future as a result of everything, you know, and just, just the, the, the interest in what that is, you know, it's kind of just, it's kind of a reason for me that kept me fighting, you know, the whole time. I love that. So some kind of um, meaning or purpose that you just feel as a gut instinct in your life that you might not know all of what it is, right? Maybe some of it, you get glimpses here and there, uh, but there's this just gut instinct. I really relate to that because I went through a stage of being suicidal and very depressed after the, the past that I had. And there was something within me that just knew that there must be something on the other side. So I'm hearing that with you. And some of us just have that fight maybe more than others or have had the opportunity to build our resilience, right, through the tough stuff uh, more than others. So I love that um, you've got that purpose and meaning. What do you think has helped that? Like you do have a gut instinct, but is it just a, a belief system or is it your family? It sounds like you've had a supportive family and even supportive mental health support, which some people really can't say that they have, right? Like what would you say has helped you with the fight and having that that hope or belief in in that purpose yeah I, w I would definitely say my family you know my family support that that was the number one thing uh and the mental health support you know i had i had the psychiatrist and the and the and the, um, the therapist uh, i also had my day program uh, a place called sanctuary house uh, here here in north carolina and you know all, you know everybody all together um you know, they just, they just all, you know, they just all gave me, you know, the most uplifting, you know, advice and confidence as to say, you know, you know, don't, don't worry about it. You know, you know, this will pass one day and, you know, you know, just, you just have to keep, keep going and, uh, you know, just stay the course and, 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 you know, you never, and you never know what could be in store for you on the other end of everything. You know, it might seem, it might be, you know, it might be, you know, kind of dark right now. You know, I think, Sorry, I'm. Gonna, I wanted to quote somebody real quick. Uh, sure. I thought of, yeah, I think I think it was Tupac that said, uh, "At the end of every it's something about at the end of every dark night, there's a brighter day or something like that." You know, you kind of and I kind of think about I kind of think about that when I think back to my my experiences. It's just like, you know, my my support system, you know, my family, and you know, all the people in the 
in the in the in the in you know in the in the you know my my psychiatrist my, my your mental my health coach. support team yeah yeah exactly yeah I feel like they all you know they all help me understand that concept even more it's just like you know just you just have to you know it's tough but you just have to stick it out right now and you know there's there's just better things on the end you know I think that was the main thing that got me through you know a lot of what I was supposed you know you know because from what I've heard everybody doesn't have that you know no, you know they really don't. Yeah, and I was fortunate and blessed enough to, you know, have that situation. So. That really does help. And then I'm curious, I know you you recently, just because of COVID, uh, have, have lost a job, but what was it like reintegrating into education and specifically work? Because that's often the place where people feel a lot of stigma if they don't, um, if they have a diagnosis or perhaps they need um, a, additional support or flexibility within within their work life. How did you manage just getting uh you know back into the into the workforce you know by the time i think it was funny because the guy there, there's a guy at the day at my day program that i mentioned uh sanctuary house his name is ryan and uh me and ryan you know we've become really close over the last you know probably i think it's been about seven or eight years if i'm not mistaken uh and you know he always looked ever since i've been there he was always one of the people that well, well everybody there looks out for me but he was really you know he's really hands-on with me so you know, it kind of felt like he was waiting for a time for me to, like, get more, you know, stable, you know, and just, uh, you know, just ready to work, basically, you know, with my condition mentally. So he, you know, one day we were shooting basketball at the Y, at the, at the YMCA, you know, uh, in the, here, in, here in, in Greensboro, in my hometown. And he just asked me, he was, he was like, he's like, would you like to work? And I was just like, I was like, yeah. And then he was like, well, I'll talk to this company that I know and, you know, maybe you can get a job there. And I was like, all right. So, you know, after a while, I didn't hear anything about it. And I was just like, and I kept checking with him. He was just like, he was like, well, I got to keep checking with him. You know, we'll see. And then, you know, one day he came to me. He was just like, okay, well, we're going to go over there and talk to him. And I think he didn't mention to me one time that he just said, well, you know, I just had to wait till you were ready, you know. And I, you know, and I completely understood what he meant there. So, uh, and, you know, and I felt like, you know, it was that time because I, I, when I was checking with him all those other times in the past about the job, I kind of looked back on those times and I was like, well, I don't think I was, I don't think I was ready to work back then. You know, I think I was just, you know, you know, a little bit anxious to do something. But, uh, you know, his, his timing was right on. It was right on. And, you know, once I got the job, I felt like I was, uh, you know, I was at, I was at my, you know, top condition and everything in order to, you know, perform at the, perform the work and everything. So, I guess just uh, just knowing that he knowing that he had he knew when I was ready, and also just uh, you know understanding understanding when when myself was ready to uh, you know go to work. That was that was kind of a key thing in in knowing when I was ready to you know go back into the workplace. Yeah. Um. How did you know that you were ready? What did that mean for you? Uh, you know, I was I wasn't having the the nights. You know, the the high the high the intense nights anymore. I wasn't having those anymore, and. You know, oh, and uh, you know, I think I started going to the, uh, I started going to the gym. You know, I, for a while I wasn't playing a lot of, you know, I love to play basketball. You know, it's like my first love, but uh, I wasn't able to go, I wasn't able, to, I wasn't going to the gym a lot because you know I just I was having a lot of like stuff going on in my mind. But you know, I started going back to the gym. You know, I could like could play, you know, for a whole night without without having any kind of like you know you know, negative thoughts, you know, not too many negative thoughts, not a lot of anxiety, you know, things like that. And, uh, you know, it's just, I guess just mainly those two things, you know, that, the gym and, 
you know, just I wasn't having the bad nights. And walking since things were kind of progressing and improving. And I guess that was one of the those were the main things. It was weird, you know, but those were kind of those kind of a combination that told me, you know, okay, I think I'm kind of ready to get back out into the public, you know, and interact a little. Yeah, and I think people forget that work can really be a, a great thing for people. So having that routine, making your own bit of money, like community, all those sorts of things can actually be really beneficial um, if your workplace is also supportive of perhaps the, the downtimes or, or the ups and downs that, that might occur. Um, we're coming to the end of our time. So my final question I'm curious about, what do you wish people knew about mental health or about specifically schizophrenia that maybe they they don't often know. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> you know, just that you really, I guess you, you know, if you're if you're somebody that knows someone dealing with the with the you know with the with the situation, I guess the best thing is just to kind of take your time, you know, and uh, you know, lend a, lend a hand out to that person, understand what they're going through, you know, and just you, you know just just take your time with that person. And, uh, you know, if, you know, I feel like there were a lot of people in my life who I still cherish nowadays, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like they didn't understand what I was going through then. And then when you come out on the other end of everything and things feel fine, you know, you kind of, you might, you know, you might kind of, it's kind of like you might kind of want to get back in touch with them and everything, but it's kind of like that person's kind of moved on and, you know, mm -hmm. life is, life is different now and you don't really connect again. But I feel like, you know, if you just stay, if you stay patient with the person, understand what they're going through, then uh, that's, you know, that's the key thing. And just, you know, developing, you know, developing even more of a positive relationship between you, you know, and other people, uh, you know, something like that. And I guess on top of that, you know, I guess that's being supportive and everything. But on top of that, just uh, you know, just just uh, you know, if if you have the situation on you know yourself, just trust in, just trust that everything you know is gonna be okay in the end. Um, you know, take your time. You know, breathe. You know, do breathing exercises, meditate if you have to, and just talk to somebody. You know, because you know you never know what the other how, what the other person is. You know, find people to talk to that you know you understand how they respond if if they you know, if they, if they, you know, considerate, you know, or something like that, you know, uh, but just, you know, if you find considerate people in your life, you know, just, uh, you know, take the time to talk to them and help, you know, hope they understand, you know, what, what you're going through and hope they're able to, you know, kind of aid you in getting past it. You know? Yeah. I love that. But if it makes sense. Yeah. It does. It does. It does. So, you know, you're saying be patient with the person. If you've had a relationship before and they're going through something big, uh, you know, wait, be patient, ask how you can support. Um, and I love how you then turned it around to, to you. Like if you're going through the thing, it's not going to last forever in that format. So talking to people, getting the right support, um, even if you've got a diagnosis for life, which some people don't, of course, um, it can evolve and you can get to a place of, of stability, productivity. I love that you're, you're studying. And of course, uh, we're working and, and reflecting on, on your own purpose and, and meaning. So Wesley, thank you so much for your, your time and attention. And I really wish for you only good things, but also that you really find uh, all the purpose within everything that you've been through. Thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you, Petra. I hope the same for you. <laughs> thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. And please do get in touch through PetraBelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.